Welcome, and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to a sermon from Higgins Wesleyan Church, where our mission is to link others to Christ and His love through our church. The Apostle Paul shared with the Corinthians that very special time that we call Holy Communion. And we have the words that he recorded, that, that the Holy Spirit had recorded, that he said, words that uh, took him back to Jesus time to that upper room. And he said to the Corinthians, he said, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Shall we pray? We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come together at this very special time. And uh, we thank you for reminders. And you told your disciples in that upper room, and that you passed the word on down all the way to us and beyond, to as we gather together and as we partake of communion, to remember you. To remember you, who you are, our Lord, the second person of the Trinity, the very Son of God. To remember what you have done, that you died on the cross to provide pardon for our sins and healing for our souls. And you raised again from the dead, and you showed all the world that no power can conquer you, and that the power of the resurrection is that very power that you desire to work within our hearts. And so as we are preparing our, our very hearts today to partake of Holy Communion, I ask that you would help us to see through your eyes Help us to see that which we've hidden, tucked away, that needs to be confessed. And help us to see that in you is not just a reminder of our sin, but a healing for our sin. And help us, Father, to be able to go forward from this building and into the world in the joyful victory that is ours through Christ Jesus, that exist when we live above and beyond our sin. And help us to share with others the great joy of Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. This special time looks back to that upper room, and it looks to a time when in Jesus' life he was about to be betrayed, he was about to be crucified, and... Uh, and he was about to do all of this, not because he had done anything wrong, but because he had done everything and he was everything right. <clears throat> we look back and we see that he did this for us. Because the scripture tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And as we come together and partake of Holy Communion, we, we realize that Jesus took something very, very ordinary, very normal, about as ordinary and normal as you could have in Jesus' day, he took bread and wine. 
and he turned them into something that would enable the disciples to remember him, to never forget him, to, to remember him in a very unique and special way. And he, he said, as often as you do this, do, that, do it in remembrance of me. And, and we think of times like this. We call it partaking of Holy Communion. And we think of the Lord's Supper. We think of those times in the early church when they gathered together to partake like this in Holy Communion. And he wanted us to remember that, that little element of bread that represented his body that was broken for us. And he wanted, he wanted us to remember that, that, that wine or juice and, and realize that his very blood, his lifeblood was shed for us. But I think he wants us to do more than just, just remember when we see those elements at times like this. I have an idea that Jesus thought just about every day the people on this earth partake of bread in one form or another. And this might help them remember me. Wouldn't it be a great prayer to be answered to say, Lord, help me to never, ever look at, partake in a piece of bread the rest of my life that I don't think very strongly of you. Boy, what a great, what a great thing. And the wine or the juice, the stability of their day. Wouldn't it be great that every time we pick up something to drink, we get it about here, and all of a sudden our hearts start to glow and we think of Jesus. Yeah, I, I think it would be. Different, different churches partake of communion at different times, some very often, some not very often, uh, some on special occasions and special days, and, and, and it's all good. But sometimes when we do something very often, we can do it without giving much thought to it. It's interesting. I, I, I hate to admit this, but I, I, I will. There are times in a very busy day when uh, my wife and I, we sat down to the dinner table and have something to eat. And uh, uh, we never, never have a meal without thanking God first. And so we'll, we'll say our, uh, a, a table grace, you know. And uh, then we'll start passing things around, fix our plate. And one of us, I won't tell you which one, one of us says, did we pray? I know your thoughts right now. What kind of pastor do we have? Can't even remember if he prayed or not. Well, I'll tell you two things. First, I'll tell you what we do. We, we, we say, well, if we can't really remember, we better do it again. And so we do. But it's the danger of repetition. And I got to tell you, sometimes when we, we have our, our little table grace, it is so meaningful that uh, you can kind of forget the meal. And when we come, come together to partake of Holy Communion, it can be that way. It can be the most meaningful time in your life to that point. Or you can go through the motions... done it so many times before that you get done with the service and you go home and you say, oh, yeah, 
we had communion today. Well, I think there's a way to fix that. I, I think it, it will help if whenever we, we partake of Holy Communion, we ask a couple of questions, kind of simple questions. They're in your bulletin, and, uh, you know, the questions in themselves are not really profound, but they're great questions to ask. The first is, what does it mean? What does, what does all this mean that we're doing? Jesus said, this is a reminder. Remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. And, and it's, it's, it's both who he was and who he is and what he did for us. Jesus' death on the cross was a sacrifice. He gave his life for us, for the remission of sins, for the forgiveness of sins, for the opportunity for us to become right with God. He didn't have to die for his own sin because he knew no sin. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God he was referred to often. And yet, he was the one offering that would please Almighty God, God the Father. He was the one offering that would be the appropriate offering to buy our pardon. And so he he gave his life on the cross for us, that sacrificial death, the perfect for the imperfect, which is acceptable to Almighty God. We call communion a sacrament and a means of grace. And a sacrament is a special time, a time uh, that is set aside for something very unique, very special. And, and there are very few sacraments uh, that are listed for us in, in the Bible. One is Holy Communion. Another one is baptism. Very special times. Very unique times when somehow or another it helps us more than at other times to block out the things of the world and to really focus on God and our relationship with him right now, right at this very moment. In the means of grace, his grace, his mercy, they come to us. We talked about them in Sunday school. Uh, if you weren't there, you kind of missed it. But uh, uh, those things that God can do for us that we cannot do for ourselves. And, and giving us what we do not deserve and taking away what we should get. We should all die and go to the place that is called hell. Because all of sin, fault, and short of the glory of God. And the scripture tells us that's the penalty for sin. But Jesus, rich in his mercy, came and died on the cross for us that we might be able to live forever with him in a place that we call heaven and to start that relationship right now. Wow, that's a lot to remember. But it's a great thing to remember. But it's a means of grace. More than any other time, it seems that during a time of a sacrament or the time of communion especially, that he will do something different, something special in our lives. Calling it mystical sounds a little bit, uh, a little kind of hokey and we kind of, uh, you know, we don't talk about mystical things in church. But the scripture talks about a mystery, 
about the mystery of what God does and what he does in our lives. And, and you know what a mystery is, don't you? A mystery is something that we know a little bit about, but most of it we don't know. It wouldn't be a mystery if we didn't know something about it. It wouldn't even be a thought in our minds. But there's this, this special uniting together with God, and we know that we can do that. And we know somehow that as we, as we open our hearts to him, that he communicates with us. We don't hear words. We cannot explain it, but we know that we know that it happens. And I don't know what you want to call it, but I don't have a problem calling it mystical. Magical, if you want to use that word. I just like special. I just like knowing that there are certain times when it seems like I can draw closer to God than ever before. Now, am I denying the fact that tomorrow at home, sitting at the kitchen table, I can be as close to God? Absolutely not. But I'm saying right here, right now, today, in just a few moments, as I partake of these elements, I believe that my heart is communicating with God at a deeper level than it almost ever does. Who can partake of communion? Well, you know, that used to be debated in a lot of churches. But in the Wesleyan Church, we simply say that you don't have to be a member or anything. But it's a time, if your heart is right, if you want to communicate with God, you can partake of Holy Communion. If you're a child of God, certainly you need to come and, and, and partake and, and, and receive a special measure of grace, or this communication, whatever you want to call it, that God would provide and it's a time to thank him for the cleansing that he's done in the past. But if, you, if you're not a child of God, if you're not a Christian, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, but you want to do business with him, you want to know him, you just are a little unsure of what it's all about, then it's a time for you to come too. A time, time to come and partake of those elements and take a look at that bread and say, yeah, his body was broken for me. And take a look at that juice and say, yep, his blood was shed for me. And how in the world can I thank him? And his answer is always the same, by being my child. By giving your life to me that I might be in charge of your life. So you can come at that time too. If you're sitting there and you're mad at the world and you're angry with your spouse, with the kids, and you're unwilling to let that go, I think you better stay where you're set. And while the rest of us are partaking of communion, I think you need to be doing some special prayer. You need to be in this right relationship with God. And if while you're sitting there praying, all of a sudden you say to yourself, yeah, I need it too. Well, you best get up and run up here, okay? Because this is your place. Sharing communion together brings back a special time. It brings out a bigger picture for us. It helps us to see several things. Our minds go back to that upper room and to that time when Jesus shared with his disciples. And he had them together. And... 
They shared from a common loaf and a common cup. We don't do that quite so much these days because uh, we're told we could be liable for spreading disease. (laughs) And uh, uh, frankly, I don't pay an awful lot of attention to that, but we do something a little different, and I'll talk about that just just in a couple seconds. But we come together. There's something about gathering up here and waiting in turn and that closeness that helps us realize there is a togetherness about the body of Christ. And it's not just those who are here, but those who are around us and those who are all around the world that are children of God that are indeed a part of the body of Christ. We are not individual. We are Together, his body. The scripture says that Jesus is coming back again and he's coming back for his bride, the church. His bride, singular. Doesn't say his brides, all of us, but it says his bride, all of us collectively, one, his body. We partake of communion through a a method that's called intinction. You know, most of you have been here, and we've done this several times. We do have the common cup, which uh, I think helps us go back in our minds to that upper room. And we take a wafer or cracker or whatever we happen to have, and we dip it in there. And, And that helps us get hold of that picture of we're in this together. We're doing this together. And this is a very special place of unity. Second question is, what should we do? And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. If you don't, I'm only going to read two verses, and so that's okay. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. The first thing that we are to do, I believe the Scripture tells us, is to give of ourselves to Him totally. Romans 12, verse 1, and I I read it from a different translation for a couple of reasons. One, because I've remembered it in in another translation, and I can repeat it by memory, and and, uh, it's almost one of those things that, you know, we say the words, and, well, we know them so well, but when I read a little different translation, it makes me slow down and think about the words. And Paul said, and so, dear brothers and sisters... I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Get that? To give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Boy, that says a lot, doesn't it? A living sacrifice. Not dying, but living for him. This isn't uh, about us being worthy of anything. It's, it's It's all about saying to Jesus, you're in charge of my life. Scripture tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And, and we read that verse of Scripture, too, and kind of reads right through, of it, through it. But when we read again, and it says, seek ye first his kingdom, all of a sudden we realize 
that by doing that, we're saying, I give up all control of me. I give it to you, Father, for you are my king. Not my director, not my president, not my best buddy, but you are my king. And God calls this acceptable. And God calls this worship. Isn't that amazing? It's like give to him myself. He calls this worship. In verse 2, it's one of those let go and let God verses. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, which is what we grow up doing. It's how we learn to do. It's how we learn to act. We copy the customs and beliefs and so forth of the people around us. But he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. To change the way I think. We can change a lot of things in our lives through good psychology. But when it comes to the way we think, it is a tough one to change. In fact, we can, we can do things to alter the way we, we act and so forth. But to, to, to have a new way of thinking, to, to view the world, if you will, through the lens of God's eye, not through our own, that's a tough one. In fact, God would say, that's my work. I can do that for you. You have to yield to me. I will do the work. You have to allow this to happen. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians, we like that verse that says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. This is that process. It's, a, it's an, an, an instantaneous act plus a process. It's, it's a present time of surrender plus an ongoing time. Um, I think if, if uh, we all prayed, Lord, um, make me what you want me to be, transform me, change me by, uh, by renewing the way I think and do it instantaneously. I, I think we'd be tripping over ourselves. I think we'd be saying, don't know how to talk, don't know what to do, don't know where to go. Everything is so different. God in his love sometimes takes time to work things out in our lives. A process. A crisis, if you will. A yielding. And then a process that comes along. And I am so thankful for that. And I am, I am thankful to be able to stand here and say, God's not finished with me yet. It doesn't mean I'm glad that I'm slow and pokey at learning. It means that I'm glad God's not finished with me yet. The best days, the best times I have with God, the closest times that I can ever have, which I hope will be right now, this morning, he's got something better in store. I'm glad God's not finished with me yet. 
Communion doesn't call for a magical formula or magical components, but it does call for faith. People question what you can use for communion. I'll tell you one of the most memorable communion experiences that I've ever had was in Guatemala. We just finished doing major work on building a church in Panya Bar. It wasn't all done, but a lot of it was done. And the people of the town began to come around and see what we had, and they were praising God for it. And somebody said, it wasn't Pastor Luis, it wasn't me, I'm not sure who it was. They said, we should, we should have communion. And so Pastor Luis said, that's okay. He said to me, is that okay? And I said, sure, what a great place to have communion in, in the beginnings of this brand new church. And so the next question was, what do we have? We had two things. We had orange soda and glazed donuts. <laughs> you know what? I cannot remember a time of taking Holy Communion that was any more precious than that. I could see Jesus in a glazed donut. That sounds pretty hokey, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, and I couldn't stop the tears from flowing either. In his blood and in, in orange soda, you know. I mean, you can you can call some people and try to have me committed if you want. <laughs> but he was there. And he was there in such a real way. More real than, than I ever could remember. And when I took those crazy elements, dipped that donut in that orange soda, I just said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for cleansing my heart. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for the future that I have no idea what it is. But thank you that you are my Lord. And I simply said, give me direction for my life. And I don't know exactly how he said it, but I know he said it. Okay, I'll do that. Heavenly Father, thank you for today and this opportunity. As Sheridan comes and prepares to play for us as we partake of communion, I pray that you would bless these elements. I pray that you would make of this time a very unique time. I pray that if there would be anybody here that is not a child of God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and they would simply surrender to you right now. And I ask for those who are hurting and have hurts in their lives that are beyond their control to fix, I pray that you give them assurance that you're at work. And I ask, Father, that you take us all by the hand and lead us in the life that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen. For more information, you can find us on the web at higginswesleyanchurch.com. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Also, feel free to subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes 
For more from the folks here at Higgins, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.